following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We're at Minute 92 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you this fine evening? Brad, dive one more time! Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun with the dive stuff. Uh, we, we've been really waiting for this, uh, so I am, uh, it, it's very exciting, we're, we're, we're diving again, and who, who is going to be diving with us? Uh, joining us one more day this week, uh, graphic novelist and podcaster extraordinaire, including co-host of the show that started it all, Star Wars Minute, plus the Godfather Minute, Alex Robinson, and as we've, uh, seen all week, we've got two brothers, we've also got Andy Robinson, co-host of the Godfather Minute, composer of the cannoli countdown and i have checked with the appropriate authorities since yesterday's show i can confirm he indeed is the deputy superintendent of education of phrygia a little bit of nepotism there for the, the that deputy position right i mean uh... that was hard earned I, I i put a lot of time in the in the classroom on phrygia to get to that get to this position very good very good uh you know i'm sure uh I, I, i'm sure you, you're giving a lot of love into you know Making the next generation of Phrygians, uh, you know, the, the smartest yet. So uh, let me tell you though, those Phrygian kids—they don't know how good they have it. When I grew up on Phrygia, we had to walk to school in the snow with no shoes. Oh, oh, well, that that just seemed bad. That. All right, everyone, everyone, chill out. <laughs> but thank you for having us on the podcast. It's a real pleasure. Big fan of the movie. Big fan. Thanks for getting an old old birds a second chance. <laughs> Well, we've had a great time with you. It's uh, you know, this is uh, we've had wonderful guests on this show. Um, you know, cuz obviously like every other minute by minute ever, we've had Crystal Beth. You're not really a minute by minute until you have Crystal Beth, right? This is true legally. But uh, you know, you you guys uh just we've been very much looking forward to this and uh, you know, it's been it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. So, uh, Eric, we're at minute 92. We are getting real close to, uh, you know, we, we are right in the middle of the climax of this film. So uh, walk us through what happens in this minute. Well, this is just such a great minute. I, I mean, it's it's similar intro to the to the what, how I set up the previous two minutes this week. But just, I mean, this minute, the action, the music. I mean, anyone who watches this minute and is not pumped up by this minute, I, I question their personality. Uh, and... and we, we started chatting about it yesterday, uh, and so now uh, I'm going to uh, take the leash off Alex and, and let, let him go. Biro gets shot while planting a bomb. Flash goes in to save him. Uh, continue your riff about uh, uh, Biro, or, or did, did you get it all out uh, yesterday, Alex? Oh, I could talk about Biro for hours. <laughs> I think I, it makes me wonder how they, if they cast him... And because uh, I don't remember him having like any lines or anything. So like, was he just basically an extra? And they're like, oh, that guy's really interesting looking. We should give him, put him in the front. No, he has like one or two lines like later, but that's it. Yeah, you're right. 
Oh, I think I think you guys are wrong. He's actually the ornithologist, the studio ornithologist. <laughs> ah. they, just, they just didn't have the budget. Did, well, did he, he I, know he was in the movie? Did he know he was being filmed? <laughs> I'm not sure. That would have been great if he didn't know and he thought it was just part of his work as a scientist. Well, Andy, maybe when you said how last minute he stormed off set because he wasn't happy with the Burlake portrayal, the, their way to appease him was, so, oh, all right, we'll, we'll put you in the movie. <laughs> well, it's, what people don't know is he was... The ornithologist was planting a real bomb on that ship because they were shooting all the, the bird people. <laughs> like he was just really trying to protect them, and then the, the director PETA. said, "Oh, let's capture this. This is this is real. This is this is legitimate. Keep it was rolling." This movie before <laughs> the ASPCA started monitoring movies, <laughs> Birdmen. Uh... Uh, so, speaking of which, um, you know, they, they they show these shots where it's like you see hundreds of hawkmen flying and stuff. Do you know how many people they actually, I'm assuming they did not put a hundred guys up on wires and film it. I'm assuming it's like they just started duplicating. Do you know how many actually guys are on wires in this movie? Uh, I do not actually. Um, that is a good question. Um, they certainly, and also when would they... you ever, would you ever, have you ever, or would you ever go into a, being a wire, you know, fly around on wires like that. Oh, I, if it meant being in this movie, I would in a second. <laughs> Only if you're going to be in the movie. If I was just like, hey, you want to? Want, I have a studio. You just want to come over and play around on it. You would. You say no. No, no. That that's step one of becoming a skin suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. Hey, you want to come over to my place? I'll uh, get wires. I'll, uh, here's a harness. Ignore the ball gag. Then uh, the lotion has nothing to do with you. Yeah, well, want to come over? <laughs> yes. Yeah, they definitely would not have been able to have that many actual Hawkman actors because do you realize how much it would cost to dress that entire cast like Hawkman? It would be it would be more wealth than you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he can imagine quite a bit. I wonder if any of those Hawkman costumes are still like extant, like if some collector has them. Oh, or they reuse them for something else. Getting sold on eBay and all those those auctions that they do of uh, movie props. I'm sure they're now, now I'm going to be looking while you guys talk. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween's coming up soon, Alex. It is. Yo, you would be a, you would be a great Voltan. Oh, I totally, I would totally. If I could pull off a Voltan costume, I would totally do it. You might get arrested by the Portland police carrying around that that big mace thing, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the costume. Is, you say you're in Portland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the costume itself. That's. Uh, that's just casual Friday in Portland. By yeah, that's imagine. true. But the, the, the mace is probably a bit much. You're legally obligated to keep it weird. <laughs> <laughs> First off, the thing that really struck me with the bomb, and I just can't get over, is the, 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 the bomb, and then he just stops to pull out that little TV antenna, basically. You just know whoever built that, they're just going around. It's like, hey, well, we have this piece. You know, we need just a little bit more motion to this. Hey, uh, oh, oh, cut off the rabbit ears to my zenith. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really looks like an old school fire alarm bell, the old one that had the hammer that oh, rang yeah. in a school. I, 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 based on, on the budget, it almost certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I really appreciated about the antenna is it was another example of this entire scene and probably the entire movie, how there were always futuristic elements. They're flying, they're lasers, they're ships, but yet there's a real old traditional style thread throughout it. Uh, I mean, the captain says repel borders. I'm always reminded that that's it's sort of like pirates. 
yeah. kind of boarding this ship. And so it's it's just a neat meshing of, of the future, but uh, Earth's distant past. Yeah, I, I always enjoy, and there aren't a lot of movies that do that, that, that they're sort of mixing the futuristic with the old-timey. The, the Tim Burton Batman films did that a little bit, where... You know, it was Batman was such a high tech um, gadget based character in those movies, but then the the police uniforms and the dress were very um, classic looking. Yeah, and uh, that's always a fun mix, and they do it real well with Flash. Yeah, it's great. Well, I like that they uh, stuck with the designs that were in the comic strip and stuff. You know, and the the movie serials. Like nowadays, the it seems like everyone, like, their first thing to do is, okay, we're going to throw out the original source material. You know, like, when they do superhero costumes, you don't see, you know, Wolverine wearing the same costume he wears in the, you know, in the comics. You know, they, everyone wears cool leather outfits and stuff. So I like that they were faithful to the the somewhat corny designs of the original thing. It definitely gives it a very unique look, too. Well, that that leads me into something I I wanted to to ask you guys. You know, it, it's it's well known that you know George Lucas wanted to make Flash Gordon, and he couldn't get the rights, and, and that's why he then went and did Star Wars. And mm-hmm. if if he had gotten those rights, it would have certainly been a completely different movie from what we got. You know, what do you think that movie would have been like? Would Lucas have stuck with being, considering he was such a fan of all that old stuff? Would he have stuck with the design, or do you think he would have brought in Ralph McQuarrie anyway and say, you know, design me new Flash Gordon type things? Well, he definitely, if Lucas did it, he definitely would have had Flash shoot first. What <laughs> 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 would change uh, mind 20 years later? <laughs> I think he would have, um, I think there might have been some like sort of fine tuning, but I do think he would have kept it fairly close to the original uh designs and such i mean even if you look at the designs for the original when when he was pitching star wars the characters all look like flash gordon characters they all basically are dressed the same way flash gordon was in the comic strips so uh i think the big difference is that uh, i think he would have gone out of his way to make the the, it seem more realistic like the spaceships moving Mm -hmm. fast and the hawkmen moving you know like they're actually flying and landing and stuff because mm-hmm. I think that was really what he wanted to do with Star Wars was kind of take a low budget cheesy thing and give it a big budget mm-hmm. and a big budget cheesy thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, his budget for Star Wars was less than the budget for this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, this movie decided to go with the campiness and the old school stuff and... uh you know, he decided to, to to push the envelope instead. I mean, do you think if he if he had made Flash instead, do you think it would have become you know would it have been as great a movie as Star Wars was? Would it have you think Flash Gordon would now be you know on the face of you know frozen broccoli you know forty years later, or you think it would have just been a one off even with you know Lucas uh, doing it? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it would have been as big mm. personally, just because I think part of it was that it was this totally new thing, like new Darth Vader and all these new characters, as opposed to like, Oh, this is a kind of, uh, uh you know, this is the same stuff your grandparents watched. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it, it gave it a, even though it was basically rehashing a lot of concepts and ideas that have been around a while, it, 
done did them in a way that was very fresh and new and very 70s and uh you know the merchandising also you know a big part in star wars success uh but the uh, movie studio did not think that right star wars toys were going to be a big thing so uh you know lucas could merchandise the yeah uh, but if he didn't have that control if presumably king features or whoever owned the rights to flash gordon it might have been a different uh a different thing. It's very, uh, it's it's fun to imagine. Alec Guinness as Ming, and oh, <laughs> you know, uh, the same actor is just in a, yeah. in a in a. Uh, well, uh, would part- he have been Ming, or would he have been? Uh, uh, he would have been Zarkov, maybe. Zarkov. Zarkov. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Mark Hamill could have pulled off Flash? Not big enough. <laughs> I think Hans, I think Harrison Ford could have, but I don't think yeah. Mark Hamill. I think was still too, too like naive and young seeming. To uh, I mean, it would have been a very different character. But yeah, well, I, on the, it, and the hand solo to, character is Voltan in Flash Gordon, mm, right? Yeah, and yeah. solo is the one who is not invested, but the end he he changes heart and comes in and joins the right. team. Yeah, and pulling from his later movies, I Christopher Lee could have been Ming. Oh, totally. Well, I think Peter Cushing even. I oh, think yeah, Peter Cushing. Just going with the original been. Star Wars, I think Peter oh, Cushing yeah. could have. Uh, That's yeah. true. Yep, sure. Pulled it off convincingly. And certainly, Clytus uh, is almost like Darth Vader. You know, right. with the and, mask. And, and the... Carrie Fisher as Aura. Perfect. <laughs> would she have been Dale or Aura? Oh, Ooh. she would have been Dale. That's true. Yeah, she would have been Dale. Yeah. Amy Irving would have been Dale. Would have been uh, Aura. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that wouldn't have worked quite as well. Well, and Greedo, Greedo already kind of looks like one of those, uh, one of the the Barons people. Greedo. Yeah. Yeah. Now thinking who'll play Voltan. That's there's no other there's no other actor in it. It's the guy it's that Peter, played Ch- the guy that stood in for Jabba the Hutt could be Vol- uh, Voltan. <laughs> <laughs> or like Peter Mayhew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we could it could have gone really far with the Flash Gordon marketing though, like they did in Star Wars. Just think of all the products they could have had. I mean, when you talked about frozen broccoli, that's a classic Phrygia product. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they could have sold the Voltan diet for people to lose weight. It's funny that he's, the, he's probably the heaviest character in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm on the Voltan diet. Yeah. You should have, well, you should have seen the before picture. Right. It's like you just eat worms and seed all day long. <laughs> well, who wants to live forever? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to live forever? And a line that Voltan says in this very minute, actually, yeah. and uh, as we talked about earlier this week, a line very famously uh, that that is the name of a Queen song on the Highlander soundtrack that would come out a few years later. This is such a great Voltan minute uh, because you know Flash, he's he's going to save apparently his good friend Biro, and Voltan's. At first, he's so mad, it's like impetuous boy, and and then almost immediately he's like, ah, eh, well, who, who wants to live forever and die? And he looks like he's just having so much fun. He he can't even bother being mad because this is really what Voltan deep down has wanted. He wants to be in the fray. He wants to take the fight to Ming, and uh, just just so great. And uh, you know, we we get another dive. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last one, I think, isn't it? Oh yes. Uh, we got the whole dive trilogy in these three minutes we have. <laughs> and, 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 and one per minute, too. It worked out perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one in particular, he, he delivers right after he says, ah, who wants to live forever? This this one in particular sounds like die, which right. is appropriate because he's saying who wants to live forever. Yeah. And boom. That's it's, probably he, why he, we, he, uh... he believes it's a suicide mission. Yeah. 
I guess one thing I love also about Voltan is that he's going in fighting with an axe. He's going against people fighting <laughs> with laser guns, and he's going to be hacking people in the chest with an axe. That's that's some that's some badassery right there. That's some Brian Blessed level badassery right there. Do you know he walked to the North Pole uh, on foot with that axe? Wow. <laughs> or maybe that was his ice axe as he was climbing Mount Everest. What do you guys think of the rocket cycle? I'm sure you've talked about it already. What do you think? What's your feelings on the like rocket cycle? This is like a cool vehicle. Personally, I think it looks cool. It'd be a cool thing to have. Yeah, yeah. We 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 liked the design, uh, but we found it curious that Flash immediately knew how to operate it. Well, that's the that's the yeah. rules of science fiction, right? right? Yeah, yeah. the 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 logic behind the the rocket cycle is very shaky. First off, you know why it was there in the first place. It's like okay, we got a planet. With a bunch of people that can, with wings that can fly, so of course Flash just stumbles upon their their rockets. I was like, they, they don't need that. Well, that's like a wheelchair for Hawkman. <laughs> there, there have been theories thrown out on what it would be doing there, uh, and then yeah, the, also it basically having a CB radio because you know apparently it was that sort of trucker time th- there. Yeah, CBs were very popular five years before oh, this. Yeah. Very popular. We got a we got a big old convoy. Well, and didn't the rocket cycle have those little flags on it? Some banners that were flying. That was also kind of reminiscent of seventies, early eighties, when all the kids would put that put those on their bikes. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, but it looks really cool, and you know, and and Sam Jones, and gosh, we haven't really even talked a lot about Sam Jones this week. He hasn't done a lot. He's he was acting the hell out of it while flying that cycle. It's just, you know, a lot of the wind machine was obviously going, uh, but it's still unable to, to misplace a strand of hair and uh, just sort of just moving around to, to give that uh, the illusion of motion. I was stunned, stunned, shocked and stunned when I found out that every single line of his in the movie is dubbed. Yeah, crazy. It, it really is crazy. And we sometimes forget while watching this was like, yeah, that's not that's not him at all. And then of course, when if you watch Ted or yeah, Ted Two or or you know, or if you're a big Highwayman fan, and uh, you know, watch Sam Jones and him talking with his regular voice is like that's that's just looks so odd. He's all like, hey, hey guys, I'm here, I'm ready to fight the Voltans. Or he sat, he sounds like Ming's character. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flying blind on a rocket cycle. Flying like <laughs> blind on a rocket cycle. <laughs> he, uh, Volton thinks he's just getting feedback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they did a pretty good job of ADRing this movie because. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice this. Yeah. And because usually I usually have a really good ear for picking out ADR. Now, it does help that it, since it's all ADR, it's not that weird thing that happens where you're watching a movie or a TV show. And the first two lines are, are, you know, obviously not ADR. And then the next line sounds like it's coming from a completely different place because they oh. did a crappy job. Of- My brother and I are both huge fans of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love it when a line stands out like it's all dubbed in. We always comment on it. <laughs> Even in The Godfather. Oh, yeah, a lot of Marlon Brando's lines were like... Uh, in oh it must have been a lot of fun to get him to come in to re-record stuff <laughs> yeah. well i think sometimes they actually had other people didn't isn't that true for at least one of the lines they had someone else is, yeah. doing a brando impression was was he already doing the um 
earpiece thing by the Godfather, having the lines fed to him, or was that later in his career? Uh, I don't know but if he had the earpiece at this point. He definitely had um, dummy cards. Yeah, there's there's a there's a picture of uh, of Bobby Duvall wearing he's wearing you know dressed up as Tom Hagen and like sticking out of his jacket. There's like a cue card like pressed up against his chest where the camera can't see it, but Brando was reading it off of off of Bobby Duvall's chest. That's right. I posted that picture in the Godfather Minute Facebook page. Oh, that was you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. It's, it's just amazing with Brando because he was such a good actor. And he, even at this point where he was doing such loony stuff, and I remember like his audition for Godfather, he basically had like the casting agent, or maybe even a director come to his house to watch him just sort of Corleone, but he didn't talk. Is this a story that you guys are familiar with? Or? Yeah, that's correct. Francis Ford Coppola went to his house and he just, he may have even put something in his mouth at that point and just started kind of doing gestures and making sounds and Coppola knew right away he was perfect for the role. Yeah, I mean, he's so great but he was really into like starting the weird Brando phase which just got worse and worse and worse. It's or better and better and better, depending on your point of view. <laughs> it's better for like crazy stories. It is a shame because we probably missed out on a lot of really great performances that he could have done. Imagine how cool it would have been for Brando in the eighties or you know even up into the nineties, you know, playing fun supporting roles in you know big you know big movies. That was the freshman when he parried himself. I mean, that is a great movie, and I like yeah. he does a great job in that. I've never seen it. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, as a Great. Godfather fan, you definitely should see it. Yeah, Great movie. it's on my list. Yeah. So, you don't stumble across it too much anymore. No, no. It, it, that is a weird where it was pretty popular. It did well. It was Matthew Broderick when he was still a, a leading man. Um, and just Brando doing this great Corleone, but basically doing a great Corleone impression and uh, in a comedy. It, it was, yeah, really cool movie, and but... Yeah, it doesn't get a lot of replay. Uh, I have an update. Uh, I'm on. I'm currently was just looking at eBay to see if, in fact, any Flash Gordon <laughs> props are for sale. And the only one I was able to find was a. Uh, it looks like a blouse, Flash Gordon screen worn outfit prop wardrobe, and it comes with a uh, certificate of authenticity. I don't recognize it. It must be some background character. Mm. Uh, Eight hundred dollars. Wow, so, good uh, grief! That's the only one. For a blouse of a background character, $800. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, must not be that much around. I bet those Hawkman outfits all deteriorated. Yeah, I'm sure they were made out of, like, cheap cheap rubber and so on. And I, I have an update as well. Uh, I, I, I jumped ahead and looked at uh, when the credits roll where they list Hawkman, uh, talking about how many there were. Now, there were only eight names in the credits listed as Hawkman. Wow. So either they had the same eight guys and they just kept, you know, repeating the footage of them, and, and uh, or for some reason those eight were like they in the front and they got the credit, and everyone else in the background doesn't even get credited. Just stuntmen, the yeah, rest of them. Possibly, yeah. Well, that eight is barely even a cast of Hawkman. <laughs> <laughs> Not very many. Can I, can I ask you guys about about Flash's motivation in this scene? What's so Flash's Nero, motivation in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> Nero gets hit, right? Uh-huh. And then Flash says, I'm going in after him. 
it made me wonder what was his original plan and in, in his approach. He's on this rocket cycle. He's waiting. And it's not until Nero gets hit that he goes in. What was he originally going to do? Just wait for the Hawkman to do all the heavy lifting and then just cruise in? Get the glory. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, the th- Voltan calls him impetuous for going in. But I actually think Flash has shown incredible bl- restraint, to be honest with you. The battle has already started and he's just still hovering there on the rocket cycle. Uh, I guess he was waiting. There was a certain point that Voltan was going to send him in. And I guess Flash decided to just go in before that point. Yeah, it's, our, it's something we've talked about where since the fight with uh, Baron, Flash hasn't done a whole lot. <laughs> He's tired <laughs> after that. He flew the cycle, they shot at him, and he turned. He, he ran away then. He basically acted as bait. And then later he flies a ship. It's For an action movie, Flash isn't like a real action hero at, but from this point on. And uh, yeah, a lot of waiting around and then just sort of flies. Well, I think once he lands on the ship, he starts he starts fighting guys. There's a little bit, but yeah, it, it's this is also an interesting movie, and you know we'll, we'll talk about it soon. Where it's a movie where the the final resolution between the protagonist and antagonist doesn't actually involve like a big fight. It's uh, you know they're, they're lucky that it, he, that Ming just gets impaled right from the start. <laughs> and we didn't really have to do anything. Well, that was a, that was a stroke of luck. Yeah. <laughs> Like oh darn, you were in the exact right place. Thank you for uh, thank you for standing there. And it doesn't take us one step to the right either. Yeah. Well, in, in in quarterback football terms, we call that a hail mary. In boxing, we call that taking a yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so uh, Alex was kind enough to send us the link here, folks, to this Flash Gordon eBay sale and. Uh, it doesn't look familiar to me. The um, description says it's someone wears it during the wedding ceremony, which hasn't happened in the movie yet. So oh, okay. uh, mm. keep an eye out but, for it. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for it now. But uh, boy, 800 bucks for a costume you don't even recognize. Wow. Although I, I, I will say no one has bid that $800, so it might not go for anything. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. For all we know, this is uh, this has been up a couple of times. Yeah. If you uh, if you could own one prop from Flash Gordon, what would you pick? Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Would it be? Are you are you asking about a prop from the production or a real item from the world of Mongo? No. Uh, <laughs> well, the first first. Well, let's take the second. Let's take the first one first. Like, a, a real prop that was used by Sam Jones and Brian Blessed and the gang that existed in our Earth. I think I might do Flash Gordon's uh, sword at the very end. That's what I was going to say. It's so cool. It's easy to store and you display. Uh, I think Voltan's mace would be a nice uh, conversation starter. Just, uh, you know, put put that up over the mantle. Eh, Might be nice. I can't even change my vote. uh, I'm going to go with the tree stump thing. (laughs) (laughs) Put that, like, in my backyard as, like, a centerpiece in a picnic table or something <laughs> now the, the, tr- the tree stump or the store the uh the monster inside it uh i would do the stump i wouldn't tell people that the monster was in it and I, would, <laughs> I would put candy inside of it so when they reached in <laughs> or i would have someone hiding under the table who would grab you when you put your hand in and scare everyone that's a good idea Be great to, to, to use as like all right kids let's see who's taking the trash out everyone put their hands in the stump <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm choosing for a prop. I'm taking the psycho flying death orb. Oh, that's right. a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. So, but the second version of this question is that that is the movie prop. Now you want to know what real, what 
what real item from manga we would want. You could have the hot hail making machine. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm taking the. Um, I want the hand gauntlet gun. A gun that oh, shoots. Oh yes. <laughs> <I want> that. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's great. That, that's a good one. Yeah, because Ming's ring is a little too weird. I was just saying, oh, that would be that has potential uh, use. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would go with the. Um, I forgot her rank, but the lieutenant. Or uh, no, it's General Gala. Her Gala. ring, her flame throwing ring, is pretty pretty darn cool. I'm gonna go with those uh, the the goggles those bald guys wear. <laughs> <laughs> you take them off. They're like, no. <laughs> that scene happened already, right? No, not not with with the pulling off. No, not yet. Oh, not yet. Yeah, but you saw those guys, though. Yes, we've seen them. Yes. Did Did you bring up that one of those guys is Lobot? Oh, absolutely, we did. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? It is yes. true. The oh, guy that's crazy. The, the guy who says strange object in the Imperial Vortex. That's Lobot. Oh wow! So did do you think he got that gig because he was Lobot? Uh, well, these came out, guys I mean, <laughs> yeah i mean empire was they came out the same year but empire was filmed first so it's yeah. possible he almost actually, got the role as geordie on next generation but they wanted a guy <laughs> they wanted a guy with a band on the front side of his face not the back well we Lobot is almost like a combination <laughs> of of uh, picard and geordie is one like <laughs> one uh, they got into a transporter accident. They got fused into one uh, person. <laughs> Brad, wasn't uh, wasn't the the whoever guest was on during that minute way back uh, in the day? Wasn't that one of those things where we blew the guest's mind that they made some comment about like, oh, this guy could be Lobot? And we're like, uh, that is Lobot, <laughs> right? I, I know we did it with. I know what happened with Porkins that the guy said this guy looks like Porkins, and we're like, uh, that is Porkins, and we blew their mind. Wait, Lobot uh, was Lobot was Porkins? No, 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 Munson no. <laughs> is Porkins. Wait a minute. Did you not know that, Andy? I, you know, I did know that. It took me a minute to remember that. Yes. Oh, I'm going to go the rocket cycle. That's my that's my real world prop. I think oh. that would that would come uh. in really handy. Yeah, that that was mine too because you know it looks really cool. Obviously, very easy to drive. I wonder if he needs fuel. Do you think if you got it back to Earth and then like you drive it for like two miles and then it was just peter out? I think that thing runs on solar power. Considering <laughs> the weird layout of Mongo and the kingdoms, and you, you know, I think it's it's, it's solar powered. Is it ever nighttime? Do we ever see nighttime on Mongo? No. Unless, oh, wait a minute. In the, um, when they put, when they, when they lower him into the swamp, right? Is that yeah. like nighttime, right? Yeah. Okay, there you go. So basically you know, he's, I, on, he's on Mongo for one day. This all takes place over one day. <laughs> yeah, we discussed that once, the, the timeline of this movie. This whole movie is like only two or three days total. Yeah. yeah. Well, because isn't there a timer at the beginning? Throughout the movie, they say Earth only has certain, Flash, we only have so many days yeah. to... Yep. 14 save hours to save yeah. the Earth. Oh, wow. So it really is short. Oh, no wonder he doesn't get, Flash doesn't get involved in that final battle. He's exhausted. <laughs> I mean, he's I a quarterback. save myself for Sunday's game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember going to see it in the movie theater when it was out. And mm-hmm. I remember being very disappointed in it because it didn't seem realistic. It seemed very silly and cartoony. And at the time, I was a child, so I didn't think movies should be silly and and childish i thought they should be realistic <laughs> and uh, dark but now i've totally turned around on it mm. and uh, my brother and i used to watch it constantly on cable when we were growing up mm-hmm. and uh i definitely remember there was one time where i watched the scene where uh, flash and aura are uh, are, fl- are flying the ship where she's giving him flying lessons 
and I definitely remember having feelings during that. <laughs> he started watching the movie as a boy. He stopped watching it as a man. <laughs> I lentered a boy, left a hawk man. <laughs> I, and I guess I, the only I, other thing is I saw uh, Melody Anderson. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Dale? I saw her at a comic convention at the New York Comic Con one time, and I hadn't seen her since Flash. And when I saw her, it was shocking because she looked, you know, it was 30 years later or 20 years later. But you, so she looked older, but you could still see Dale in her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, there you go. My three Flash Gordon comments. Have you ever um, paid for someone's autograph at a show like that? I have not. I Oh, no, wait, that's not true. Uh, one time, uh, Carol Spinney, the guy that did Big Brand Oscar. Oh, there you go. He, he was actually at Keystone Comic-Con. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, which is actually funny. He was there, and also the guy who just got fired as Kermit the Frog was there. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Awkward. Yeah. Have, have you guys followed this story at all? Sure, yeah. Just a little bit. To the people who are not following this, because why would you? Uh, do you remember the actor's na- the performer's name? Is it Steve Whitmire? I believe so. Yeah, Steve Whitmire. He's been the voice of Kermit for a while, basically since Jim Henson passed. I believe. I think so. He apparently has some very strong ideas of how Kermit should be presented, and I think he he can sometimes get a little political with his ideologies. And the Henson family fired him, and he is not thrilled about it. I heard Kermit does not believe in climate change. (laughs) Strangely enough, Kermit, flat earther. You know why? It's not easy being green. (laughs) Walked by, I saw them, they they kept Big Bird and Kermit's performers separated from each other. It's like, "Eh, I really want to see this slap fight. But uh, yeah, it didn't happen. I uh, bought an autograph for my brother, actually. I was was just going to bring that up. Oh, go ahead. You tell the story then. Well, actually, you got me two autographs. I'm not sure which ones you paid for, but you oh. got me Mike Lookin' Lynn's autograph when you were in college. Oh, yeah, that was still, yeah, that one was for free. That was a freebie. And then he plays Bobby Brady, right? Mm-hmm. And then I you, like how you said he plays, like it's still an ongoing <laughs> possibility that he'll be in the uh, another one. <laughs> Bobby, Bra- Bobby Brady will live forever. <laughs> and then uh, one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given was a, a signed glossy of uh, Mark Singer. Oh, oh my God, Beastmaster! Beastmaster, and it was and it was a it was a V. It is. I still have it. A V pose with that oh. that, that cool V gun with the gap in the top. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I it's so funny. It. Oh, it's just it's so great. We're huge V fans. And it's funny that that question should come up because now I'm starting to think of what influence Flash had on V. Hmm. Well, Mark Singer definitely has a Sam Jones kind of feel to him. Yeah. And 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 uh, um, Faye Grant, the the lead actress from V, has a bit of a Melody Anderson vibe to her. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. There was the first miniseries, then there was the second miniseries, then Be there was the, the final TV battle. Show. Yeah. yeah, and then the TV show. Definitely, they jumped the shark with the TV show, but the first, oh, yeah, the first yeah. two are fantastic. Yeah. And then the reboot, of course, but that didn't do so well. No. Did that make it through a full season? I think it lasted one season. It was yeah, horrible. I gave up on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that'd make a great movie. Uh,. Or even like in or TV miniseries, where that sort of seemed to be where it uh, it did its best, but spread out spread out over a full season, 
Aliens Take Over the Earth shows, I, what was the recent one, Colony on the USA Network. It's, it's hard to keep that, keep that tension uh, over a full season. Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, we've just had a great time with you. Uh, one last time, please, uh, please plug your pluggables. Uh, why, why don't you go, Alex? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, I'm the co-host of a podcast called Star Wars Minute, which is a daily podcast. Star where Wars we, Minute. Thank you, where we go through the whole uh, Star Wars saga one minute at a time. We've made it through Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and we are about to start our coverage of The Force Awakens. So check that out wherever you find podcasts or at StarWarsMinute.com. And Alex and I are co-host of The Godfather Minute, so you can go to thegodfatherminute.com. I think, are we on Twitter too, Alex? Yes, we are on Twitter, Godfather, at Godfather Minute, and we're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram even. Even Instagram. You know, we should actually set up a Don Corleone Twitter account and have him sending out live tweets (laughs) as Mm. Don Corleone. Now that is an offer I cannot refuse. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Eric, uh, one last time for our listeners. Where can they go uh, and find out uh, more about Flash Gordon Minute? Well, we love to hear from you on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute listeners vortex. We love to hear from you on Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod. And we love to hear from you on email, Minute at gmail.com. Yeah, we're always looking for your range reviews on iTunes. Uh, you know, Eric, this has been a great week. Uh, often at the end of the week, we like to... To, to, to thank the Star Wars Minute guys because they are the ones who uh, set the path that we've all followed. And they're actually here. One of them is actually <laughs> here. So thank you. I, I just I thank you guys for doing the, uh, your show. Um, I When I first got into podcasts years ago, I Googled Star Wars podcasts to see what was out there. I came across your show. I was hooked from the first episode I listened to. I've been playing catch up ever since. Uh, you had me on one of your weekend shows. You played one of my voicemails once before an episode, uh, which were both big thrills for me. So, And, of course, I was inspired to do this show because of it. So uh, long live Star Wars Minute. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad this inspired you to do your own show. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I gotta thank you as well because uh, I've been so fortunate. Your show inspired Eric, and because of that, I'm doing this and I'm having a great time. Uh, Eric is a great partner. I couldn't ask for uh, for anything more. So, uh, Eric, thank you. Well, uh, that that's that's nice, Brad. But but I am I'm concerned about something though. I, I realize that we just completed our week with a Star Wars Minute co-host, and we had him on for minutes ninety to ninety-two. And I'm wondering how I could have been so dense to not wait to schedule him for just one more week because he could have been on for minute 94. 94. I'm really, really worried, thank you, that the Star Wars Minute Listener Society, if they listen to these episodes because Alex is on, are going to pull my ears off like a gun dark. You know, I understand this. There's something really to worry about. That earless look. Doesn't look great for everyone. Don't worry. Uh, there's things that you can do. Earmuffs look great if that does happen. Uh, and But, you know, perhaps it won't even get to that point because if you need someone to protect you, don't you worry because Flash will save every one of us. Next week, we welcome Rich Drees from the Big Picture Podcast to the studio as the battle for Mongo rages on. Soon we'll find out if a New York Jets quarterback has what it takes to save every one of us. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute. 
big thanks to Brian Campus, today's guest DJ.